crack open a beer ladies and gentlemen welcome to this edition of the tunnel club post game show tfc with a two nil win over charlotte fc in charlotte uh you're with your hosts uh mike newell and sean levy tonight um you know one of those ones where they say you know a lot of football fans sometimes complain about clubs that spend a lot of money on players and their rosters are, you know, they're spending too much money on, on certain players. Well, look, if you say money can't buy you love, your club didn't buy you a Federico Bernadeschi because uh, he puts on another show tonight and is rightfully the man of the match. Before we get into all the ins and outs of the game, uh, let me bring in my colleague, Sean Levy. Sean, let me get your thoughts on tonight's match and, and just maybe just we've been doing it for weeks, but let's continue to do it. Let's wax a little poetic on Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi because really in the second half, they, they stepped their game up to another level. Well, Berna boy was on fire again with a beautiful goal. And I mean, Insigne's um, overhead kick was just, I mean, it wasn't as if it was like a powerful kick. It just, the fact that he was able to get it to bounce tricked the keeper and I'm going to take it. You know, like it was just our DPs stepped up, our DPs who are spending the big money on have been producing. And you can't complain. We get three points, clean sheet, and a, a on the road win uh, at an important time in the season when a team that you're battling for, you know, tr- Every every point matters right now, right? Like um, I still don't want to say we're gonna do it because there's a long way out. We still need some help, but you know, we got some help today. You know, today was a day where we needed to win because we some results fell our way. So it's a good day. We should be happy. There's really nothing negative to dwell on. You know, you looked at the starting lineup. I'm sure everybody was worried when they didn't see Oso. Mac is still out. But, you know, Jaden has quietly stepped his game up uh, in the past few weeks. Um, defensively, they were solid. There was a few little mistakes, but, you know, they all pitched in when needed to defensively. But they weren't under major pressure for a lot of the time. So I, did, I wasn't too worried from that standpoint. Um, but our DPs, man, like, I mean, even throwing in Crescido in there, like, I mean, when you look at what these three Italians have brought, to the team, you you can tell the difference in the club, and then add Richie on top of that. Like that, the the team has been on fire. Well, excluding the past couple games, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I think. Look, I, I think that the, this is a this is a team that we knew were going to heavily rely on their DPs down the stretch to try to make a run. Um. You know, we knew they were going to make a difference. I wasn't sure they were going to make a, a difference this quickly. And, uh, you know, I've said it before, both on this show and on uh, Toronto Till I Die, that uh, the, the fact that they just, they've just been able to come in and, and really just, you know, pick the team up as quickly as they have. We knew they were going to be good. We knew there was quality. That was never in question. Um, I think it was just the 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 speed at which they've they've been able to – pick up the team and I think also to adjust to MLS yes it's a lower standard in Syria of course but I, I think there there is certain like I've said weird stuff about this league um, that you know some players that come to this league have a hard time kind of dealing with uh, and they have not had these problems and that's obviously a good sign for this potential run whatever it turns out to be whether it does end up in a playoff spot or maybe you just fall short I think it's a positive going into 2023 that you know these guys are 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 here are here can make the difference and are in the case of uh, a player like Jaden Nelson you know making some of the players around them a lot better uh, and that uh, that's a good thing. Plus, I mean, it always helps that these guys can come in and do what they've done tonight. Both goals really well taken um, can sometimes help paper over some cracks when you're 
not quite firing on all cylinders, which, I mean, not much to talk about in that first half. Um, you know, it was a bit of a, a snoozer, I think, after the weather delay. And that happens sometimes, with, you know, when with weather delays, you know, you, you tend to be ready for the game. You're ready to go. You're warmed up. And then you have to take a, you know, have a, have a, have a bit of a delay. Um, that can happen. It looks like it did sort of for a while impact both teams in terms of just sharpness and quality uh, in that first half. I don't know what you thought there, Sean. Yeah, you could tell both teams, it, it probably was a bit of a mental letdown for them to, you know, get focused and ready to for a 7 p.m. kickoff. And then uh, all of a sudden, rather delay, and, you know, you, you you probably were ready to warm up, go out there and get ready, and then an hour later you, is is when everything everything plays out. So they probably kind of like were a little just slow off the mark. You know, both teams were. They weren't really as sharp as they probably would have been if if, if it was a standard kickoff for them. So understandable the first half wasn't, you know, beautiful football, but by second half, both teams picked it up, and Toronto was were able to capitalize. Absolutely, uh, and of course, guys, we'd love to get your thoughts on the game. Uh, you're you're just there's a bit of a vibe check in the room right now. So if you've got any thoughts on the match, uh, of course, the two ways to communicate with us through the show: uh, one is to grab the mic at the bottom left hand corner, go ahead and request a mic, and we'll try to get you on tonight. Uh, or if you want to tweet in a question or a comment, uh, just go ahead and uh, just at mention uh, at TFC Tunnel Club. Uh, use the hashtag TFC Tunnel Club and we'll get your uh, comments in. A few already coming in, um, you know, just net saying um, Akinola really disappointed me today. Uh, I'll agree and I'll get to that in a second. Um, yep. Ed- Edward um, just coming in and just saying, look, like Bono had a bit of a bounce back match. Yes, absolutely. A clean sheet uh, is big for this team. And I felt like, you know, he got behind uh, got behind a couple of, you know, distance shots. They weren't the hardest shots in the world um, from the deal with. But uh, he, he did the, he did his thing out there. And, of course, uh, number 10 is a beauty. Come on, TFC, which is uh, 100% going to become a thing, um, especially next year. And if they make the playoffs – uh, the Bernadeschi come on TFC is uh, a, definitely a hit already uh, with the fan base. But uh, Sean wanted to sort of touch a bit on uh, what Ned's saying there about Io Akadola tonight. Um, not necessarily a negative person. I guess it is a bit of a negative. And I don't want to necessarily dwell on a negative in a 2-0 clean sheet on the road. But you know, once again, that number nine position seems like there's a, a bit of a struggle there uh, in terms of just it feels like they're 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 having a hard time not just scoring goals. Like, obviously, that's that's a main sort of role of a, a number nine, but even connecting with Insigne, Bernadessi, you know, I, I feel like that connection right now is not quite there um, with either striker. And and that's something, of course, we've been talking about for a while. But um, you wanted to get your thoughts on sort of how Akinola did tonight. Um, well, the point you just made is is one hundred percent accurate. Um, neither striker really have been connecting, and Io has. My biggest beef with Io um, is the fact that he does not know what an offside trap or what offside is. So much tonight, offside. It's, it's not just today. If you actually look, it's every game he plays. It's not, it's like, does he not, have they not sat down and said, look, dude, like we could probably go look at video and you could find every game that he steps on the pitch, he gets called for an offside. How is that possible for a striker? Is like, to me, that's not even just laziness. It's just almost like he just doesn't care. Well, it's just just being unaware, right? Like it's it's just you... And this is something like a, a lot. I think a lot of young strikers struggle with um, is just that ability to, you know, like figure out the way to curl your runs, figure out timing. Um, you're you're right though. I mean, he is offside quite a bit, and you know when he is, um, you know when he's offside, those are usually good opportunities. If he just waits, if he just 
curls his run just a little bit, then he's in on on goal a lot of the time if he can That's do that. The point. That's the point, right? It's it's that 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 mental lapse is causing potential. You know, it is causing harm because it's always at that at moments where he's it's actually playing him in a good position in an attacking position. And it's it's taking away an attacking option or attacking threat for us as a club. So outside of Jimenez and his his struggles that he's got, like clearly it's gotten to his head, right? The fact that 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 he needed some personal time, right? So we in the offseason, I'm pretty sure everyone in this room would agree that's a, an area of of priority for the club. But with Io, I I just think like I don't know. I really don't know anymore. For sure, for sure. I'm um, just going to bring Robbie into the conversation. He's requested the mic. Uh, so, Robbie, we've got you in here. Go ahead, unmute yourself, man, and uh, give us your thought. Oh, what a great night. Right off the bat, very what good, TFC. Well done. Come on, come on. <laughs> come on. Like, how do you not say that over and over? I, that guy kills me. What a personality. Um. So I don't know. Since we're talking about the strikers, I, I'm I'm with you. I think it's about just it's it's IQ, right? I think Jimenez has it, but he doesn't have the legs. We got to remember he played. Like I mean, he's tired. He's he's played a whole season plus now, right? Because he was playing in Poland already. I think got like a half season in, and then we got Akinola. I mean, he's he's still he's still a newbie, right? For 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 what it's worth, he he hasn't had a lot of football played in the last two years because of his injury. And, and he's just, I think his, his mind's a little slow and, and maybe it'll come with practice. They've got a ton of confidence in him. They gave him, you know, the uh, under 22 initiative contract. So, so that says a lot. Um, but what a great game. The Italians are stars and, and I'm looking at it like this and I know everyone's thinking about the playoffs and I mean, we got to get like five W's right at this point, but that aside, is this team not exactly doing what we wanted? They're, they're coming together. It's much better football. We look way more collected and collective on defense. And that's so promising. This is exciting. I think, I think it's easy to get down because there's the margins are so small. But come on, TFC land. This is great. Let's let's celebrate this. You know, I mean, we've been waiting a few years to see players connecting, even players of this caliber. How lucky are we? This used to be like just like it was on LA in LA. And and we're just we just keep showing that we're a big team. And and I'm happy about that. And I really just want to say that tonight. I think we should celebrate something really beautiful. You know, when in its like nascent and early stages, this is wonderful. I mean, this is the birth of of a very exciting era for TSC, and it's starting to show. So, I don't know. You guys can fly with that, or we can just focus on the fact that we need a nine who thinks exactly like Insigne and Bernadeschi because they're soccer geniuses. Well, and and you're right, Robbie. I think tonight is a night to enjoy. Uh, the fact that the club has gone out and, and invested in, in these players, and and I think what you know, we, we I mean, you a lot of you that have been listening to us since the beginning of the season, since we started doing this post game or day after show, um, have said is like, look, this this club should be a big club, right? It should go out and sign big players and try to win trophies every year, right? That should be in a lot of ways, the bare minimum of what this club should try to be every year. Of course, it's not going to happen every season, right? You're going to, you're going to have 2018s, you know, you're going to have some bad seasons or some, you know, seasons where you're not quite, um, you know, LAFC pace right now. But the fact that they have gone out and made this investment and I think to me speaks to, the club making a decision on what they want to be going forward. And I, I think a lot of you have heard myself talk about this a bit. I know Sean, you've talked about it. Um, uh, I, Michael Singh's talked about it. A lot of other people have talked about it. Just the idea of you know, it, the club sort of as an identity uh, in terms of what it wants to be, you know, it had to kind of make a decision at some point, um, a, you know, was it going to be a club that was going to use the Academy and try to bring players along and start them and, and really be a club that was going to focus on local talent? Or was it going to be a club that 
mainly would go out and make signings. And yes, okay, you use the use academy players to fill roles here and there. Um, and it, it's it's clear that they they want to be a big club. They want to go and spend it. They're not afraid to do it if they find the right fit. And okay. sorry, go ahead, Robbie. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and how nice is it? So thanks, Michael. Like, and how nice is it that that it's rounding into form now? Like, how sexy is Wednesday going to be when all the supporters show up and we get to show off our new toys to all our old toys? Vasquez, Delgado, Vanny, they're all going to be there. And I think we're going to ball, man. This is so exciting. And I'll, I think just to, and I'll, I'll go after this, but Bob Bradley made a really intelligent move, bringing Lorenzo Insigne into the middle of the park after the first half. And and that move, along with, like, even though Azari was feeling sick, like saving Jesus's legs, there's been a good squad rotation here. And we're lining up for two big games, and it's exciting. What a great time to round into the form with, with the talent we have and the way we want to play. So just to absolutely. add on to that. No, absolutely, Robbie. And I was going to bring up the, uh, the Insigne sort of move there in a second. But, uh, Sean, go ahead. Robbie, I'm just going to move you into the audience, man. Thanks, as always, for participating. Yeah, cheers, yeah. guys. Um. You know, I, I we definitely have to celebrate. It's a great win. It's you know every win that, well, every result in the past since the DPS have arrived has you know we've seen improvement. We've seen more consistency, and that's one of the things I think I I asked for even before we start touching on this word playoffs. I said my focus is to see consistency and improvement in this team moving forward because we haven't seen that in a while. And whether we make the playoffs or not, I think we finally have a proper foundation to build going forward. And that's something that has to be a positive, right? Making the playoffs to me is a bonus, is icing on the cake, because I like the direction of where we're heading. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with also acknowledging areas where, you know what, regardless of how we finish, we know what we're, the squad's not a finished result yet we still will need to tweak things in order to be fully contending next season for titles and trying to win every trophy that we can for sure and uh, you know it's six and, and robbie's point too it's exciting to watch the team sort of round now round out now um is true right it is exciting to see that he that the team is sort of rounding into shape Obviously, you would obviously you would hope you would be in a bit of a better position from a table perspective, uh, and and be in a playoff spot or or closer to a playoff spot than you are now. But again, it's it's good it's good omens for twenty twenty three, right? I know we we still want to talk about the playoff hunt, and we will in, in a second. I'll, I'll get to that, but I think that you now know you have a solid base to move from. Uh, in terms of, okay, you go into your offseason whenever that happens and you know pretty much where you need to improve, right? I think we we, we talked about this a bit on um, Toronto I Die on Monday, but, you know, you, you need a goalkeeper, maybe two. You know, you probably you need a number nine. You may need another central midfielder, depending on what happens with Osorio and his contract. Um, and, and at that point, you need to obviously, you know, fill out some bench depth. Or uh, some some you know guys who can step in in spot roles and start and give you quality minutes. And I think the other thing that is boding well is, and yet just made this um, point uh, in a tweet is, you know, with Jaden Nelson being able to step up into that midfield role, you now have you're now starting to see someone who can give you minutes at that role, not starting minutes every week. Um, that that's not where you, uh, I think, ideally would want him to be. Obviously, you'd like Mark Anthony K to be fit and and play those roles. And when he is, he's probably back in the eleven. But that is an encouraging side that you are finding players who can uh, step into a role and and you know, either give you a spot start or give you some minutes off the bench. When uh, when you need to lock things down, or maybe when you need a little bit of a different look, and that's important. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I mean, like I said, we make the playoffs. Let's go for it, right? That's what we want them to do. But like you said, when the off season hits, you know, we know where we need to improve, and you know, depth, few a few, you know, key signings here and there. But 
the foundation is po- it, it looks good. Um, even it, when you look at some of our depth pieces that we have, whether you know some players were forced to thrust, or, you know, were thrust in the limelight of starting out of position, starting games they shouldn't have been. But you know, a player like Kosi, we know Bob Riley believes in him because he's going to be one of the guys that I believe will be part of that depth um, of the thirty next season. Um, so. I'm happy moving forward. I like what I what I see. Um, I look forward to Wednesday night uh, and um, next Sunday against Montreal at home. Um, the atmosphere at BMO has been a massive change since uh, the DPs have arrived. Uh, the vibe has 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 hyped the fan base again. Um, so let's hope uh, you know midweek game. When the X is going, it, we can still get a good crowd out. Um, that'll be also be interesting to see how that turnout is. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get to to Wednesday's game in a section as, as Robbie mentioned earlier. Um, some some special some special guests are coming uh, to BMO Field on Wednesday. But the two things I want to bring up um, from tonight's match: one, um, the the move of in the second half of of bringing in Sinia a little bit more central uh, and, and allowing him to kind of play that 10 role and be able to connect a little bit more. I thought that was a really smart change by Bob Bradley. It just, I think what it did is it just gave um, a little bit more clarity in terms of a focal point to be able to get the ball to and spread obviously closer to probably to Bernadeschi if, if anybody but it just allowed them to connect a little bit more and it made them a little bit more goal dangerous, um, the whole team, uh, by moving him in there. And I thought that was an astute sort of change. I think Insigne started to go back a little bit wider um, as the second half came on, especially after they got the goal. But uh, I, I thought that was I, – I like the fact that you know, Bob Riley doesn't isn't afraid to go and make those small tactical changes in order to uh, get his best players on the ball more often. Because I thought Insigne was a little not not out of the game in the first half, but I thought he just needed to you know find a way to get on the ball more to to help the, t- the team be more goal dangerous. I found it opened him up a little bit more, um, but but any. You you want to see any coach make those kind of tweaks and make those adjustments, right? If he sees something that, you know, obviously us as fans maybe aren't necessarily noticing on the pitch that an area that by by shifting him there allows him more space on the ball or even off the ball, um, which gives him makes him more of a threat, right? So that's kind of what we want to see is is those tactical changes mid, you know, halfway when needed. Um, based on you know coverage, or or how players are being marked, or what you know again maybe he's seeing like I said he sees gaps in ways that a player like Insigne can expose the defense more, um, shifting it. For sure, and the the other thing I wanted to talk about really quickly is just uh, the the set pieces for TFC specifically on corner kicks. Um, it, it's interesting. Obviously, we scored on a set piece tonight, uh, a great finish by Lorenzo Insigne. But I've noticed this over the last couple of games. This is a set play that they do. They really like to put Insigne at that far post, have him sort of be closer to the goalkeeper before the kick's taken. And he just drifts off the shoulder of the last defender. And they're looking for that quite a bit. It hasn't quite panned out um, prior to tonight, obviously. It hasn't quite panned out. It's sort of been either, you know, Insignia can't miscontrols it or the kick's not just quite as as good. But they they go for it at least once or twice a game where they go for that sort of back post, um, sort of floating off the back post for Lorenzo Insignia. And tonight he made a great connection. Um, and, and I like the fact that it wasn't a clean connection, you know, but he got it all, got it into the ground. And at that point, that made it really tough for the goalkeeper to start to stop. Um, I have it. I have the goal linked here in the in the um, the Twitter spaces. So if, you know, a lot of you were watching the game, so you saw it already. But of course, you can always watch it again and again because it's a fantastic goal. But it, it's just interesting that 
they're now finding ways to even connect these guys on set pieces, even though, of course, Lorenzo City is not the biggest guy. He's never going to win an aerial header, but a really great and ingenious way to get him involved uh, on set pieces. Well, I don't know prior to them coming how many, you know, specifically corner kicks we've scored all season, but, you know, since those two have arrived, that has become just an additional threat for us, right? Um, last game against Charlotte, we scored, was it one or two off of a set play? Um, and if I rem- even tonight, like that was our, our only our first shot on goal this evening um, in the game, and that was our, our fifth shot against Charlotte in the two games. Uh, and they all happen to be goals. Um, so we, you know what? I'll take any set play or any play that those two are involved. There seems to be some, something seems to happen out of it. Absolutely. And of course, we'd be remiss to not talk about the, a little bit more about the, the Bernadeschi goal. I mean, it, it's everything you, you want out of a winger. It's probably everything Greg Vanny wanted out of a winger, but never got when he was here. Uh, but just the ability, like I, you know, as soon as he struck it, I, I I knew it was in. You know what I mean? Because it's one of those things that, uh, or it's one of those hits that he he was shifting him and getting the defender to kind of block the the sight line of the goalkeeper and just bend it into the into the far corner. It's just a it's just a work of art. I've watched it a couple of times. I'm watching it right now on my laptop. Um, it's just a, a great technique. And, and the thing is, what's great about it is the defender knows exactly what he wants to do, right? Everybody knows what he wants to do. He wants to get back on that left foot. He wants to try to bend it and they still can't stop. It's like the, it's like the iron Robin problem. You know exactly what he wants to do. Can you stop him? And right now, um, MLS defenders do not have an answer for that left foot. No. And, and the reality is, is, Come next year, they they won't have as much freedom. Um, you know, teams will definitely know uh, and expect things like that from these two. Um, but let's enjoy right now, right? Because you know they're an exceptional talent, and they really only need those. You know, that moment. They don't need a lot of space. Often, they just need that one little bit, that one chance, and the ball will be in the back of the net. And that's the difference between, you know, the talent level that they have and, you know, some of the good players we see in the MLS who, you know, wonder, like, why can't he, you know, do that? You know, it's just, it's a different type of talent. Well, as I said before, like, these guys are, and it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that is going to be earth shattering here, but these guys are different gravy, man. They're different sauce. Like, it, it you know, the, you know, the touches they can take, the, the vision that they have, the ability to um, be to take those kind of risks, right? I, I think you were missing that in the early part of the year, and that's to be expected with players who are again just making their first sort of full season at the senior level. Whereas these guys, yeah, I'm I'm going to take a shot. I am going to you know try to chip this guy from 20 yards, or no, I am going to try to curl this into the far corner because uh, I know I have the quality to do that. And that's what's been missing from TFC, not just this season. I think even last season as well, and even in 2020, to a certain extent, I know that's an odd, an odd year with COVID and the MLS is back and, and then the sort of playing in Hartford for the majority of that season. But you were kind of missing a player that was just like, man, I am just way too good for the for everybody here. I'm just going to bend this in the far corner, and I'm probably going to, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm going to beat this goalkeeper. Right? That's what this team has been missing. That kind of brilliance. Well, brilliance, but it's not even brilliance. It's kind of not arrogance. Arrogance isn't the right because they're not arrogant about it, but it's just more that 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 just that swag, that swagger. Like I, you know, both players have that swagger and it, and it seeps into the rest of the team because I thought, you know, from a defensive perspective, the, the team had a oh, pretty good defensive. Obviously it's a clean sheet. So it's a good, it's a good night at the office. If you get a clean sheet, but you know, the way you can see Lucas McNaughton handle the ball, um, of course he almost got himself into a little bit of trouble tonight. Um, maybe be having a little bit too much time on the ball, but you know, there's just more confidence in terms of how the center backs, you know, play the ball out the back now. 
you know, the earlier part of the season, they were coughing up turnovers like crazy. Now, you know, they, they can advance the ball a lot better. They're able to uh, pick out passes to either Michael Bradley or to one of the midfielders, Rato Insignia Berdeschi, because they know that ball is going to stay, right? They're not going to lose that ball. Um, so that swagger that they have triggers the rest of the team to play with a lot more confidence. No, no, definitely. And, and I mean, as you're touching on, on Bernadette's goal, like it wasn't as if it was, you know, a bullet. It was just a brilliant curl. Like, you know, like you said, when you watch the, like, if you haven't watched the highlight, go watch it. It's, he just, you know, slowly shifts the defender and just gets that enough space where he can just curl it. And I don't think even if the goalie saw it, clearly, he would have stopped it. I think it was perfectly placed. It was a perfect curl um, to the far corner, and I don't think um, their goalie was good enough to get it, to stop it. No, you're probably right. I think that was expertly placed by Federico Bernesci. Um, okay, guys, uh, again, if you if you guys have thoughts, comments on tonight's game, either grab the mic in the bottom left-hand corner there if you are listening on your phone or uh, tweet at us. Uh, use the hashtag TFC Tunnel Club. We'll get your comments in before we wrap up tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, Wednesday night now becomes a, a big night for several different reasons. We're technically still on playoff watch right now. As you mentioned off the top, Sean, we got a bit of help uh, tonight, kind of. I mean, Cincinnati, I think, has defeated Columbus. Uh, so, you know, although Cincinnati is ahead of us and is is risen up a little bit in the table, uh, we're now only three points out of the final playoff spot um, as of right now. And, uh, you know, but there are teams that do have uh, games in hand on us. But it, it it still keeps us, gives us a little bit of hope. Now there's only two teams as of right now that uh, that are ahead of us. That's New England and Cincinnati. Um, Wednesday night will also be important because obviously it is the return is the LA Galaxy and the return of Greg Vanny and the you know feels like half of the 2017 2018 team. <laughs> um, coming back to BMO field uh, to play your Toronto FC. Uh, so overall, I think the vibes are going to be strong. Just one, because obviously the, coming off a big win, trying to push for that playoff spot, but also obviously the return of uh, some fan favorites uh, w- with LA Galaxy. Oh, it, it, I'm actually looking forward to Wednesday's game simply to see the old, like, I want to see the reaction Greg gets. I want to see the reaction, you know, the fans give the the former, you know, a player like Vasquez, I think, will get respect. We'll see, what, you know, if Delgado touches the pitch, if he stills, if he starts, we'll see what reception he gets. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, like you touched on before, you know, TFC has the, the pieces that Vanny always wanted to a certain extent, right? You know, so that matchup, you have that that on on the table you have and you know short window um you know how's tfc going to play after a short um uh window we didn't play that well the last time we had uh a midweek game after playing the weekend we'll see how we how that goes la plays tomorrow so they have even one less day and then you have the travel into toronto so wednesday's game is going to be crucial right you know every 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 game counts at this point. They like whether we want them to make the playoffs or not. That has to be their mindset. Every game has to be three points. And it's interesting because, uh, and again, this is another way that this may bode well for twenty twenty three. The fact that they're kind of now in this push to make the playoffs, I think helps the mentality of the team going forward, whether they make it or not. If they fall short, they fall short. Uh, and there will be a lot of sort of inward thinking in terms of, you know, the the first half of the season, how things went. But I think right now the, the, the good thing is, is that these guys are in this battle. Like, you know, Crescito and, and Insigne and Bernadeschi and, and Lorea, 
and and to a lesser extent, Mac, I know he's been hurt for a while now. Um, getting into this and immediately are right into a dogfight, right? To try to get to the playoffs. That helps for the mentality in 2023 because you know what you're trying to build towards. And, you know, if they were really like, if they were bottom, like bottom of the table and completely out of it, basically if they were like Houston right now, then I, you know, then that would be one thing. But they're, they're still battling. They're still in it. Um, they still have a chance. It's going to be, again, a really tough road um, because there are, they are going to need some help. Uh, from teams to, to try to get to that final playoff spot, but it's there. And, and Wednesday will be another dogfight because LA are battling for their playoff lives right now as well. They just sit below the playoff line. I think there are two points currently behind uh, Portland in the Western conference. So, you know, in a lot of ways, that team is, is kind of in a similar position that we're in. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they don't, they didn't have, uh, Bernadette and Insigne come in midway through the year. So it, Wednesday will be interesting. Uh, I think, you know, Greg Vanny, I, I think we'll get a, a warm reception from Toronto FC fans. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Mark Delgado will get that as well. I think, uh, Victor Vasquez will for sure. I, I mean, you know, he scored the the, the final goal in, in, in the 2017 final, right? So from that perspective, I think those guys will all get warm welcomes in Toronto when they arrive. Um, but for me personally, I'm like, we're, you know, we can be friends before the game. We can be happy after the game. During those 90 minutes, you're my enemy and I'm trying to win, right? Like, and, and that to me is how I would, uh, you know, I'm going to go into that game. It'll be my first game at BMO Field in a while. I've had to miss a few games at home. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you've been in my in that, in that South End for a while. Well, I, I haven't been able to make the last couple of games. Uh, I actually have not seen the Italians live yet. I've only ever seen them on television. Uh, so this will be a, a fun night on, on Wednesday night in a lot of ways. And look, if if TFC can get the win on Wednesday, right, if they get the three points, then it gets interesting, right, in terms of the, just the standings. And, you know, they're, they're still going to need some help from other teams and, and things like that. But, you know, you get a win, and that that makes things interesting. And it, it, puts, it puts a lot of pressure on sort of the teams that are above them uh, to, to pick up results. And... You know, this time of year, you know, weird things happen, man, um, before you, you start getting into September. And that's sort of the real the dogfight. And obviously, Montreal at home after that will be a big one. I mean, let, let you know, let's be real here. Montreal are flying right now. They won again tonight. Um, so from that perspective, you know, the next two games, again, all the games are going to be massive. But these two at home, you know, you can pick up if you could even pick up six points. Um, from those two games, that's massive. You pick up, you know, even four points. Uh, I think you put yourself in a in a pretty, you put yourself in an okay position at four points. If you're on six points, then we're really talking about, hmm, okay, what does this this sort of stretch run in September look like? Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's all positive, no matter what, right? However, the season plays out, from how we were a month two months ago, this is a positive. So I'm, I want three points Wednesday. I want three points next Sunday. Um, and I know of the, those two games, the Montreal game will probably be the most difficult simply because uh, Montreal's in form. Um, they're playing outstanding football, whether we like to admit it or not right now. Um, but, you know, the last time we met them, we weren't the same team. Right. It's a definitely we have improved tenfold since that time. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that from, from that dour one, that dour loss in Montreal to now. I mean, it's night. The, the team that they played then is it's night and day. It's night and day. Uh, so that will be an interesting one. Uh, Steph, uh, you uh, wanted the mic. Uh, we brought you in here, man. Just unmute yourself and uh, give us your question or thought, man. Hey guys, um, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, man. Perfect. Um, I just want to call out anybody going to the game on Wednesday, Sunday. Let's be loud. Let's push these boys on the field. Let's be that 12th man. Let's get behind them. And if we want the playoffs, we need to really reinforce the fact that BMO is the fortress and make it the most complicated place to play 
in the MLS. What more can you say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I think you're right in the sense that from a from a fan perspective. Um, look, I mean, sir, go ahead, Sean. I just have to say it's to to big up Steph uh, and to reiterate what he says. Like for those who don't know who he is, he's one of the drummers uh, for us in one one sixteen, and you know he's beating those drums nonstop, game in game out. So when he's asking for you guys, like we really need the voice of every fan because he's given his heart and soul and sweat every game. So we yeah, need man. to bring like he does. Man, I swear, I swear, I think you like you sweat off five pounds every match. Um, I don't know how you do it because uh, I definitely do not have drummer hands. And look, I mean, when we say that, like it's not we're not just talking about the South End either, right? Like you, you know, the entire stadium. Um, is a factor. It's funny when when you, I, I, when you talk to when you talk to players, you, you talk to the managers. You know, you, you're kind of like, hey, does you know, do you hear this stuff? Like, do you hear you know when when fans are chanting or the whole stadium's into it? And at times we're like, no, because we're focused on what we're doing, and they're so right. These guys are so zen into the game that they're focused on what they're doing on the pitch, but. Th- there are, you know, they know, trust me, the players know when things are happening in the stadium. They know when generally when things like the Viking clap are going to happen. They know when, uh, you know, the, the stadium's going back and forth with chants. Like they, they, that stuff they know and they, and they do, they do feed off it. It's, it's a thing that you don't think of when you, cause you think like they're footballers, right? They're going to be on the pitch. They're doing their thing. You know they're not this. They're not in tune to that. Trust me, they are very in tune to that, and they very much know um, that that's happening, and that they you know, and they do feed off that. And it's funny, I um, I got uh, the privilege um, to to talk to um, to Michael Bradley uh, last year, and yeah man like he's you know he's an intense dude like there's no way to put it other than the dude's intense but he uh you know just the thing that he said that that sort of stood out to me was just like trust me like sometimes we don't always show it sometimes because we're just in the game and you're always thinking about things that happened in a game especially at the end of a game but He's like, trust me, when when the when the stadium is going the way that we know BMO can go, it, it's a huge, huge boon to them. It really is. Um, and that surprised me because I'm always kind of like I was like, these guys aren't listening to this. Like they're they're way too into the game. But nah, man. Um, Steph, good call, man, because that is that is definitely something that uh that you, you want to bring for Wednesday and for and for next Sunday as well against Montreal. And every game, like it's one, like I said, we've all seen it in the past, especially, you know, 2017, when, when BMO's rocking, like it's, it's the vibe in that stadium. Doesn't matter where you're sitting, you just feel that vibe. And, you know, so when we can get that vibe going across the stadium, it really is a, a great place to be, right? Regardless of all the other things around, like that, that vibe amongst the fans really. I, you know, like, I think every player wants that. They want to play in a stadium like that, right? And that's what we, you know, you, you've heard other players have talked about what it's been like when you have that support from your fan base, right? We might not be 40, 50,000 voices, but when you get the 30-plus going strong in Vimo, it's, it, it's loud. Yeah, and, and one final thing for me to just wrap up here. Um when we get scored on, let's let's cheer louder than when we score. That's when the team needs us the most. That's when we have to push them even more. And um, yeah, just if we get scored on, let's just hit a quick TFC chant and know the boys. Let the boys know that we're we're right behind them. Absolutely, Stefan. A short little anecdote. Uh, back in 2016, when I was still doing capo stuff. Um, this is in the, the, the infamous semifinal, um, the Eastern semifinal. Yeah. We went down, we went down to the Piotti kind of weird Nick Haglin own goal 
if you all remember, sort of that weird trickling. Remember in the, in the sort of the beginning of the second half, Piotti gets that sort of weird shot off that like Nick Haglin somehow weirdly spin back heels past Clint Irwin. Um, and that actually put them back on top in the tie. Um, and I, I just remember, you know, everybody in the South and not just getting everybody um, kind of just like, okay, there was that moment of disappointment. And then everybody kind of collectively looked at each other and it's like, okay, we got to go harder now because there was just something in the air that night that just said something magical was going to happen. Obviously we know how that turned out, turned out well on that night. Uh, so long story short, just go out there. Uh, if you're going to the games, if you're able to go, um, and, and sort of whether you're in the South end or you're, you're sitting somewhere else, um, in your own way, give what you can give, give all you got, um, for this, for this run to the playoffs and we'll see where the chips fall. Right. It, it may, it may be too late, but, um, this team's going for it clearly. Uh, and that's, and that's important. Uh, Steph, I'm going to just move you back into the audience. Thanks so much, man, uh, for, for jumping on today. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Steph's back in the audience there. Um, all right, we've got another call. So I'm going to bring them in as well. Uh, just give me a second here. Freights, I'm bringing you in. Uh, you should be in now. Uh, so just uh, unmute yourself, man, and uh, give us your thought question. Thank you guys for the space. Uh, what, what, a, what a performance. I think it was uh, kind of ugly at times. I don't think the turf was, was the greatest, and, and playing on it looked a little awkward. Both teams, it was a sloppy game. But, uh, you know, this is why you bring in those DP-level talents to make those magical moments happen. And, and I have a totally different outlook on the playoff picture going forward than I did after the Inter-Miami game because that kind of just felt like a must-win. And I remember even tweeting something about, like, hey, probably not this year, you know, but this group is clearly heading in the right direction. But that that one felt like almost like we were eliminated from the playoffs. And now you look at the results that went TFC's way tonight. They couldn't have drawn it up any better, actually. Basically, every result was handpicked. Like, where they needed draws to happen, draws happened. Where they needed teams to win, those teams won. So they gained on just about everybody. Um and obviously, taking the road points is always tough to do in MLS. They leapfrogged the team that they beat tonight, so that's huge as well. And and my whole feel and outlook on, on the road forward is, like, incredibly optimistic compared to what it was a few days ago after the loss to Inter-Miami. Like, I feel like this is there's a legitimate, a very legitimate chance this team just might might do it and they might sneak into the playoffs. So I wanted your perspective and your thought on that. Yeah, um, thanks for thanks for jumping in and, and thanks for that slot. Uh, agreed to a certain extent. I mean, I'm looking at the table right now. Um, so Toronto are sitting 10th on 33 points. They uh, are sorry. Um, yeah, on 33 points. Uh, they, I believe, New England. I can't remember exactly. I think it's New England has a game in some one team has a game in hand. A couple teams have a game in hand on us, and a couple uh, one team I think has two games in hand. I think the Revs have two, and one of them they host yeah. tomorrow. They I think they host the Galaxy tomorrow, or, or yes. they play in LA. I forget where it is, but they play the Galaxy tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so from that perspective, there's still that right, but you you are correct in a sense that again, if the results go our way our way and if some of because a lot of the teams that we either have to chase or maybe are just directly behind us um have to play each other a lot down the stretch so if you get draws and you can pick up wins like i said now you're talking you know it's three points right now between us in columbus with two teams in between us in new england and cincinnati um and cincinnati beat columbus tonight i believe so, they actually drew. They actually well, they drew. Uh, Columbus okay. ninety sixth minute equalizer. Which, which okay, because because like, when I was like out. just before I jumped on, yeah, I, I was I was checking and it was still it was two uh, one Cincinnati, but they drew. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so it, so, it actually helps even more, I think, because it keeps one more team sort of in striking distance. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah, so, and that's what I mean, right? If you can get these draws from other from other results, then you're then you're looking okay, like realistic. I mean. Again, hard, but 
you know, if TFC can go on a run here, they can get maybe as high as even sixth or fifth because Miami and Orlando and Columbus are all tied on 36 points. So, uh, and really, I believe wins right now is the tie, is the first tiebreaker, and I think it's goals after that. So, this is there is an opportunity. There is a window. It's there. It's it's tough, but it's there. And now the the question is going to be going into these next two home games is, you know, how does Bob Bradley galvanize this team? Especially again, as Sean said. It's going to be short rest between this game and Wednesday night. And then obviously you're going right into a Sunday match, a Derby match at home. Can he get this team to sort of learn from their mistakes of the last time they did three and seven or yeah, three and about seven. It's going to be more like eight, but you know, can you, can you go out there and, and get the points you need? And really what they need is maximum points. Um, you could maybe get away with four, but you'd really need a lot of help if you get four. So my thoughts on it, it's possible. It's, it's a hard, it's a, it's a hard one. It's a long shot, but it's possible. Yeah, no, we need the, we need the six points because you remember New England's actually got two games in hand until they play tomorrow. Um, so we actually want LA to win tomorrow, um, to, to give us some help, um, just with regard to, um, games in hand, but. Um, anything that happens here on out has to be a positive, right? If we make, you know, if we sneak in and get that seventh spot, I think we play Montreal first round. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Would it? I've been in Montreal when we lost in the playoffs. It's not fun. Um, no, but again, like, like I said, different team, right? Like if we get in, who wants to play this team? Like, who is really realistically going to want to play TFC in the playoffs coming in on form with your DPs, with both DPs on fire? No one who's going to want to play this team. And, and especially in a single elimination knockout, like, yeah, again, maybe this has a ring of 2019 to it. Um, but even then, the difference would be that that 2019 team did not have as nearly the amount of talent as this team does. Right. Like I think tonight was a perfect example because you, you could have a game where largely like you're not creating, you're not doing a whole lot, but at the end of the day, you win two nothing because you have two pieces of brilliance. Right. And that's, they can do that in any venue in MLS against any team in MLS. So I'm with you. I don't think there's a single team that that's looking at TFC. Like that's the team we want in, in round one of the playoffs. You know, especially when you look at the teams around them and the teams that are currently occupying those spots, they're all very, very beatable teams. Like, I don't know how much they're going to put up a real fight against the top teams in the East, but you look at a TFC team that has those two guys especially, uh, I, yeah, you don't want to play that team, you know, regardless of, of, of what else is going on around them and, and Osorio's health and Kay's health and all the other question marks and the fact that we haven't had a goal from a striker in quite a while now. None of that really seems to matter when you have those two guys on the pitch. No, absolutely not. I, I think, you know, if you can continue to get goals from your wingers, if you can find, if you, it would be great if you could find another midfielder, maybe who could, who could chip in with goals, whether that's Michael Bradley, obviously also, again, you mentioned, alluded to his health. Um, I actually missed the reason, like, did they say he was sick that he couldn't go? I, I missed I that. Anything. I, I heard, I, I saw somebody tweet something and I, um, that I think, Luke Willman touched on him not feeling well, some something to that extent. But outside of that, I there really hasn't been much on on why he wasn't available. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and I'm sure something will come out of the post game pressers. I, I haven't had a chance to take a look at those yet. Um, but no, Freitz, I, I think you I think you got it right here, right? Like I think there is, and and it goes to sort of what Robbie was saying earlier, the, the, the idea of positivity around the team. There should be positivity. I know it was tough last week. I know my losing in Miami was tough. Squid Hands incident was tough. But it, the team is going in the right direction. Uh, it's just, you know, for this season, obviously, it'd be great if they could make a run and make the playoffs, right? Because once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And, you know, this team, if they make it, I would not bet against them to make a run to the final. 
you know, you know, I know people in MLS will, will moan about it because, you know, how's a team that was so bad for most of the season get all the way to a cup final? Well, you chose the playoffs to choose a champion. So you got to deal with it that way. But, um, you know, if they make it in, uh, hey, man, um, I'm telling you, Vegas are turning off the odds on, on, on whether this team can win MLS Cup because they, they, they will not take bets on it. A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you. And there's actually one more thing I wanted to bring up because I think it was Caldwell who brought it up. I thought it was really insightful because I was noticing something very similar where Insignia was very uninvolved in the first half and kind of drifted in these wide spaces and, you know, receiving the ball with with his back uh, facing Charlotte's goal, either from Crescito or Bradley and two, three Charlotte players on him, couldn't really involve him in the game. In the second half, it seemed immediately they made an adjustment to tuck him in and bring him in a more central role. And Nelson was the one who was kind of making those movements to the outside of the field. That seemed to free everything up. And I wonder if that's something that they experiment with a little bit more going forward. Just you want to get your best players on the ball way more frequently, and especially when you're missing like two of your three starting midfielders. You need a guy like Consigne to just have, you know, X amount of touches to get the offense going. That seemed to work. I, I would love to see them do that again. Yeah, we actually talked about that um, earlier in the show um, about that tactical change. And I think you're right, right? Like, it, it, as Sean said, right, it, it it did open up the team a lot more. Uh, it, and it just sort of, I think it created better spacing amongst the, the players. Sean, I know you had more thoughts on that. So I'm, I want I want to get you in here. Yeah, I think I think what I, I guess what you want to maybe see against maybe a, a stronger po- opponent, if if it's if Insigne is is not able to you know get on the ball be as as effective, I want to see them make those tactical adjustments mid game, not have to wait till halftime to see that change. Right? If you one of your key players, your best players, is being you know shut down, you want to try to find a way to open it up for him. Now, obviously, not you can't always just quickly make those you know those adjustments in games, but sometimes. You know, a coach finds a way to relay a message to, you know, make a shift, and and that allows that 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 player to now have more freedom and and more space with and without the ball. So, again, we saw it happen halftime. It 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 clearly changed how the game turned played out. So, you know, again, sometimes it could be opponent, right? Some opponents might not play him that same way where he's got three men on him. Some, some might only decide to, you know, maybe play one-on-one certain, certain moments or, you know, won't send that second defender too early because that opens up something else, right? So, you know, defensively, teams can't always, when you have not just one threat, but two lethal threats. And if you add a, when a healthy Oso on the pitch, that becomes another threat. Like the, Defensive teams have to – they can't really afford to really play either one of them, you know, two-on-one on or even three-on-one. Sometimes you have to suck it up and play one-on-one and hope your defender can mark it. I agree with yeah, that. I th- I th- no, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I don't know if you guys touched on this before I came. I, I joined only a few minutes ago, so I might have missed it. But um, I'm curious your thoughts on – on the striker saga, because neither strikers obviously are, are, uh, are playing with much confidence and, and, you know, confidence is, is, is your main currency as a striker. And you got, you got to be feeling good about yourself and they're both low on themselves right now, but I still happen to prefer Jimenez over Akinola. I just think he, when he's not scoring, I think he does more and, and contributes more to the overall attack. Even when the goals aren't coming, when Akinola's not scoring, I just feel like there's, there's like a, a void up there at the striker position. So that's my, that's my thought on it. But I'm curious what you guys think about where we go forward for the rest of the season before, you know, maybe a, a reinforcements come at that position. For sure. Fraser. Um, thanks for your thoughts, man. I'm, I'm going to put you into the back into the audience yep. here. I know there, I think somebody else wanted to grab the mic. Thanks for uh, uh, thank you for yeah, no problem, man. Anytime, anytime. Um, yeah, we did talk about the number nine positions, right? So uh, I won't, you know, go into it much longer um, because we, we just have covered it quite a bit. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people know, I, I actually think sometimes IO gives you the ability to run in behind. Um, that said, 
he also struggles with sort of the offside problem that we talked about earlier, right? So I, I, right now, it's funny. I don't think either striker um, are, are frankly um, sort of fitting in with Insigne and Bernadeschi. And maybe, look, maybe it, it's just going to take a little bit more time for somebody like Jimenez to be able to connect with both players. Um, that's probably the case most of the time in football. I think we just, you know, we're so enamored by the fact that both players have, both Vincent and Bird, have, have just hit the ground running and are scoring goals and setting things up. Um, but uh, right now, I, I kind of think both strikers are kind of interchangeable. You know, um, they're, they're not both doing a ton, but at the same time, I would, the thing I will give him an is, is that, you know, he, he does have the ability to drop deep and connect with, with players and, and sort of make things happen. In fact, when Oso's in and Jimenez is playing, I find that Oso is able to have, be a little bit freer to make those late runs into the box and score goals. Um, and that might be a benefit to the team overall. Yeah. I actually think uh, like I, everything you just said with regard to our striker issues is, you know, we've already touched on, so there's nothing more to kind of, for me to say on that. I think moving forward, it's, it's a game by game, you know, depending maybe on the opponent, but I think, you know, my guess is we see him and his back in the starting 11 on Wednesday. Um, I just feel, even though I, I wanted to see Io get his opportunity, he's not, he hasn't shown me anything so far. He's more, if anything, I've been more frustrated with his lack of, of, of awareness uh, specifically again with the offside issue. Um, But I think in a positive, and I think Robbie made this point earlier is that, you know what, it's not really that big of a deal right now about our strikers because we're, we've got, we're, we're getting goals elsewhere. So it's not as if that the lack of goals from those positions is hurting the team. I think it's just more a matter of we're all, Frustrated because we saw, uh, you know, early season Jimenez and then him go totally cold. And we know there's something, there's more there. Uh, and we also know Io has ability to put the ball behind in the net. So I think there's more frustration from a fan's point that we don't have, neither one of them have been producing. But it's not necessarily, it hasn't been really hurt in the team since the DPs have have. have hit the road uh, or hit the pitch and have been, have been outstanding. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, nothing more um, from the number nine position to, to really talk about. This is really, I think something we're going to have to address more in the off season as they start to potentially look for uh, another striker to come into the mix. Um, but I think we'll end things there. Uh, been going for a little over an hour here. Um but uh, look, great win for TFC tonight, 2-0, doing the business over a team you should be beating right now. Um, and really, the, the the test will be these next two games against the Galaxy and Montreal at home, a chance to really put a, put a statement, a couple of statement wins in that really put you in a spot to challenge for the playoffs. Um, going forward. Uh, Sean, any last thoughts before we jump off tonight? No, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, it, we're, I'm happy. We got two, we got three points. Uh, we got a clean sheet. We couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, let's go in Wednesday night. Let's be loud for those that are going to be there. Let's, let's bring it. Um, hopefully we get some good weather. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited right now. I think we all should be excited. The team's heading in the right direction. You know, no matter what happens, like I said, this is this is what we wanted. So we know we have the good foundation and, you know, anything's possible if we make the playoffs. So let, let's enjoy the ride. Uh, absolutely. Six games remaining for Toronto FC. Uh, two big ones in the next week coming up uh, at home against LA on Wednesday and then Sunday uh, evening against Montreal. Uh, and then at that, your four games left and every game you play, uh, the remaining four games after that, 
Uh, three of them are against teams that are, well, sorry, two are against teams directly above us uh, and a chance to maybe bury Atlanta and kill their playoff hopes uh, for and, the season. And one one other thing, it's three home games left, three road games left. Those three road games are going to be crucial. Not that our home games aren't going to be crucial, but, you know, we got to get, like, go away and, and steal some points. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, again, for tuning in uh, to another edition of the Tunnel Club. Uh, we will be back uh, probably on Thursday uh, with a day after reaction show uh, to the L.A. Galaxy game. Um, if you're not already, give us a follow here on Twitter at TFC Tunnel Club. Um, you can just search us up and, and give us a follow. That's a big help. Um, we will have a podcast version of the show up most likely tomorrow. Uh, so if you miss sections of the show earlier, uh, you can listen on podcast. Uh, and then uh, lastly, uh, yeah, if you if you feel like uh, following me, I'm at Football Saves. If you feel like following Sean, he's at CDN Footy. Uh, and, uh, and you can follow us there. Um, but on behalf of Sean, my name is Mike. Thanks again, as always, to listening to the Tunnel Club. And we'll catch you guys on Thursday. Take care, guys. Have a great night.